Forerunners Podcast. Before we get back into our interview with Rob Hunter, I'd like to finish my story. Cliff had piqued my interest in Rob, telling me about how much he had improved when he joined uh, Endeavor Running Company. So naturally, I looked for opportunities to try to approach Rob, and I saw Rob at a Striders uh, race during the summer series, and I approached him and then introduced myself and told him I was interested in uh, taking him on as a coach. And the next thing I knew, we were having our initial meeting at his house where he laid the details out of coaching. And uh, I picked him up and began my coaching with him. And under his coaching, I have made great strides. um, And I continue to make great strides. And he keeps me healthy, keeps me safe, and uh, helps me train smart and teaches me all about why I'm training the way I am. So let's get right into this interview. All right, folks, we're back. So we're here with Rob Hunter, and we want to talk right now about what it was like to start thinking about your own running company. Like, was it a dream, or was it something that developed over time? What what happened? How did Endeavor come to life? So, um, like we talked about before, I've always had this desire just to help people. Um, I enjoy it. It makes me happy, right? Being being helpful in itself is just it's a nice feeling. And I had some people that I'd been working with a little bit that said, "Hey, can you help me with this? Can you help me with this?" Sure, sure, you know. And I'm still like that. I'm. I tell people all the time, advice is always free. And I mean that. So people have questions, concerns, or anything at all. I'm always approachable. I'll help anybody if I can. Um, Coaching in itself was kind of hard for me because you get to that point where, do I really know enough about what I'm doing to actually start helping people? Is this something, is this a... um, is this a responsibility I want to take on? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, it's one thing to do it for some friends of yours or people that you know and kind of help out. It's another thing to put yourself out there publicly and say, hey, I'm a coach. This is my business because along with that comes a lot of criticism. Right? Um, the moment I finished my first marathon, 30 steps in, I knew that I had to start coaching people. Um, It was a surreal experience for me. So many emotions came, and everybody who runs a marathon has their own experience, but for me, I mean, reaching all the way back to my first coach, all these memories just came flooding back to me like someone replaying this film in my head. Mm -hmm. And this is as I'm walking with my metal walking down the chute, all this is happening. And it was just overwhelming. Um, The amount of work that it took to get to that point, to get to crossing that finish line, the totality of it, made me realize that I have the ability to help other people experience that. And if I could get one person to feel what I felt when I crossed that finish line that I had an obligation to do it Mm. and that's what really drove me to start Endeavor I felt like I had a perspective and an understanding of running to help people get there Mm -hmm. and because of that goes back to you know a belief that I've had from my dad is that if you can do, do. Mm -hmm. And I knew I could, so I did. Yeah. You know, um, it was a very hard decision for me to make because at that time I was very much engaged with JNA. I'm helping out the training team and things like that. So I I knew that this was going to be that this had the propensity to grow into a pretty big thing. 
and I didn't want to be in conflict with that relationship. So I had a meeting with, with uh, Jerry and Ryan to let them know about my plans because I wanted to step back from running their Thursday night training group because I didn't want what I was doing because I knew if, if people found out that I was starting to coach that it might cause some divisions. Mm -hmm. um, and they didn't think it would be a big deal. And in hindsight, it was, I probably should have just stepped away because I think people on the outside looking in probably felt like I was trying to maneuver my way into things but I wasn't mm -hmm. um, so I, even though I started coaching individuals in the fall I didn't really go public public with it until after the training team that year um, and then it just became its own thing right um, it grew and it grew smallly quietly and I started really enjoying it right and kind of honing the um, logistics of it if you will what's this going to look like how do I execute it um, how do I present it um, what's my branding going to be right because I want everything to be right how I present itself because I don't I don't do things kind of on a whim. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it all the way. Mm -hmm. Or I'm not going to do it at all. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have some really great people trust me to coach them. Mm -hmm. And because of that, Endeavor has become a really great thing. Um, I've said it a thousand times. I feel like we have all the heart. What makes Endeavor so special to me, and I think special to the running community, is the people that are in it, right? Um, they all have insecurities that they want to overcome. They all have fears. They all have, you know, worries of, uh, are we going to be accepted? Are we not going to be accepted? Am I going to have a PR? Am I not going to have a PR? And then we all have lives and kids and families that all mix into that. And being able to help people navigate that has been um, the most eye-opening experience. Um, it's a gift that life's given me that I I didn't I wasn't really prepared for to be honest with you. Um, because seeing people when people learn to achieve things through running, right? I've seen a lot of these people who come in, like, I'll tell you about my first client, Mona Denton. She's a friend of mine. I've known her for quite a while. She's been in a running community. She was part of HRR. Okay. She wanted to run her first marathon. Mm -hmm. She was scared beyond everything. And she came to me and said, you know, you've, you've been available for me and you've answered my questions. You've helped me a lot in the past few years. I really want to run a marathon and I want you to be my coach. Mind you, at the time, she was probably running about eight miles a week. And mm -hmm. I watched Mona buy in totally, trust me, and did everything that was asked of her, ran an absolutely perfect training plan from A to Z, which is a very difficult thing to do. Um, if, you, if you complete a training plan 70% of a training plan as written, that's a, that's a home run. And she was 100%, mm -hmm. right? In her first marathon. Yeah. I mean, we took her from, you know, eight or nine miles a week, and I think she got up to 60 miles a week for Shamrock. And her first marathon was probably one of the worst weathers that you could ever have yeah. for a first marathon. Mm -hmm. It was raining, it was windy, it was blowing, it was snowing. And I'm watching the time tick down, and I'm think I'm worrying about Mona being out there, and I'm like, great, she's never gonna want to do another marathon again because this weather's atrocious. And here she comes down the boardwalk, grinning from ear to ear, just completely over the moon, because she never really thought she would do it. 
Mm-hmm. And not only did she do it, she did it and had a great time, right? Checked off that box that, you know, and seeing someone go from that fear to this level of success and belief in themselves, um, it's when I knew that I was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just made me double down. Honestly, it just made me double down and um, want to help more people. If I had any uncertainty about who and what Endeavor was going to be, at that moment, I didn't. Yeah, That wasn't just her gaining a level of understanding and belief in herself. It was me Yeah, gaining an understanding and belief in what we are doing right what it what it's about and why it's important um and nothing comes second to that for Mm -hmm. endeavor for me it'll always be about getting people to believe in themselves yeah because it changes a person Mm -hmm. it changes the way they walk it changes the way they talk um it changes how they interact with other people and that's what running did for me, right? Yeah. It goes back to, you know, it gave me that confidence at a very young age to believe that you can do anything you want if you really want it, mm-hmm. right? It's just a matter of how you apply yourself and the level of commitment that you have to yourself, right? R- running takes a certain amount of selfishness that as humans, we've never really been comfortable with, yeah. right? Because we've all taught that we shouldn't be selfish. Um, there's a, and, and I think in that we lose a little bit of um, self-love. I think that if you're a little more selfish with yourself and giving yourself things and saying, hey, I'm valuable too, it makes you a more valuable partner, friend, brother, sister, wife, husband, in that um, value that you have for yourself, mm-hmm. you become a more confident and stable person for those around you. Mm-hmm. And it has for me. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, I think you've gotten into this and you probably hit some of it. Maybe you've hit all of it. What, in a nutshell, what would you say your coaching philosophy is? Uh, that's pretty easy. Actually, it's, it's very simple. Um, it drives every every discussion I have with a client, friend, non-client, anybody that walks up to me. Um, I always give advice and instruction based on two things. You should know these, <laughs> right? Number one is what's going to keep a client, what's going to keep a runner healthy? Yeah. What's going to keep them running? Mm-hmm. It seems pretty simple, right? But there's many layers to that because it's not just about being faster, Right. If we're not healthy, we're not having fun. If we're not healthy, we're not getting to the races. If we're not healthy, we're not getting more fit. Mm-hmm. The longer I can keep a runner simply just running, they're, they're going to succeed in many other ways. It's why it's number one, and it, it should be number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is what's going to make you faster, right? Um, with Endeavor, and... Honestly, there's there's a little bit of aversion to that, right? I, I've heard it quite a bit. Um, you know, you guys are just about being fast. You guys are just about, and yeah, right? We want to be faster because fast is fun mm-hmm. if you're healthy. Yeah. Right? Getting better and getting improvement, it, it's really achievement, right? And when you achieve, you're happy. And when you're happy, you share that. And when you share that, other people can gain and learn from that. It seems simple, but it goes a lot further than that. I think that people earn the right to success in competition. And I think anybody who succeeds... Mm, pardon my door. It's a little... <laughs> See? It's a sign. Hey, that, somebody was like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> anybody who earns it earns their achievement should be celebrated. Mm -hmm. I believe that because what you don't see, right, behind that Mm -hmm. is what I experienced when I finished my first marathon was the totality of every step 
sacrifice, early morning wake up, um, rain, snow, yeah. injuries that they've overcome to get that. You don't know what it cost for that. Just like you don't know what it cost for the person that was fifth, mm-hmm. seventh, eighth, fifteenth, you know, all the way to the end. We all we all have a story. We all have a struggle. Um, it's one of the things that I think why runners always, when you're running on the trail and you look at somebody and you give a wave and you give that acknowledgement, no matter what pace you're running, it's because we understand that you're suffering. We understand that suffering, mm-hmm. right? Um, it brings me to something that I, I like to share. The people that I gain the most inf- inspiration from when I'm running... Um, there's a guy that used to be on the training team. His name is Don Babcock. I just, I used to go out there and I remember there's a few times it is just snowing. I mean, it was just horrible weather, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm out there doing a long run and I'm feeling bad for myself, right? It's it's a full-on pity party. Oh, it's 20 miles of snow and I'm so tired. Oh, I'm going to die, right? And I'm headed back still heading out here comes Don he's probably going to be out there for three and a half four hours just waving with this big old smile on his face and at that moment I was like man what would that guy do with your legs right Mm -hmm. what could that guy do and that made me stop feeling sorry for myself that made me realize that I'm capable of more, right? Those, that's my inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think of that when I'm running a lot, right? That yeah. we all have our reasons and our understanding. And just overcoming that feeling of weakness is just, it's a very liberating feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about how all runners, amateur, elite, um, can benefit from coaching. What are what are some of the benefits? Why do people Why do people seek coaches out? Man, I I couldn't be an expert on why people seek coaching. Mm-hmm. Right, everybody has their own reasons why they need a coach, where they where they want a coach. Um, I do have some opinions on why I think people need a coach, and it's not going to be the reasons that you think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just about the plan, right? I think where people can benefit from a coach is seeing the things on an overview that you can't really see, Mm -hmm. right? Being able to keep you healthy, safe, and fit to keep you from doing things that are going to create that setback that are so hard for you. Mm -hmm. Um, also to give you a confidence, right? You could have... A five-mile run today that you know you shouldn't do. But you're going to guilt yourself into it all day long and feel like a failure until you go do it. But if you picked up the phone to call your coach and your coach said, no, don't run, you wouldn't think about it again the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. You would be okay with that decision. And not only that, you'd be happy about it. So it removes that stress from your day of, am I just being weak or should I really not do this? There's so much indecision on what the right decision is. Even if you already know what the right decision is, just having somebody tell you it's the right decision will make it enough for you to live with it. Now you can apply that. There's a good big truck. Another agreement sound. If you apply that on a bigger <laughs> scale, right, it becomes, um, it becomes a lot more useful. And then you need a coach to believe in you, Mm -hmm. right? Just having somebody believe and push you to things that you didn't think you could do is important. Yeah. Right? Um, And then having someone to take responsibility when it doesn't go right. Right? because as a coach, for me, it is my responsibility, right? Um, so that we can learn from those 
and move on, right? Just as much as I teach my athletes, they teach me. Mm-hmm. I learn something from every athlete that I coach, you know, something that I didn't know before. Yeah. I, uh, full disclosure, I think the truck's pulling away now. Full disclosure, I'm coached. And even more full disclosure, I'm coached by Rob. Um, I guess the reason, the reason I chose to pursue a coach was because for about a year or so, probably a little over a year, I was just Googling how to do anything, Googling training plans, all that stuff. And I kept, uh, getting injured and staying the same. And I was like, you know, I'm paying for gym memberships and stuff. I'll just, I'm just going to invest in, in a coach because I don't know what the hell I'm doing and somebody else can help me learn what, what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um, I was, I remember when I first pursued you as a coach, I was running like, uh, every other day, probably like six miles and then trying to throw a long run in on the weekend. And, uh, I was still struggling with some help, some injury issues or nagging stuff. And, uh, I remember when I, when I, you started sending me my first couple weeks training plan, I was like, dang, did he know how much I was running before? Like, he's really cutting me back. I'm like, golly day, man. Did you look at my history? And I realized that it's because, I mean, your your ultimate goal was to get me to where I have a good foundation of health. And I've been, um, I've been fortunate enough to have slowed down and built slowly and uh, follow your your training plan pretty pretty religiously and uh, I've been able to be healthy and get faster so I'd say with with me uh, you're reaching your goals and your coaching philosophies and I'm reaching my goals in hiring you as a coach so I appreciate it um, let's uh let's talk a little bit about endeavor in a different way because endeavor doesn't just do it's not just about coaching you're doing some race and organization and some race timing um endeavor this year is taking over what may be my favorite race experience and that's the biffle dinked 10 by 5k and uh man i just love that race so what goes into organizing a race it seems really complex we don't have enough time in this oh, podcast yeah. to go over that. <laughs> give me it. Give me it in a nutshell. Um, how about having no time? No, mm. honestly and truthfully, uh, I learned something very big from Jerry Frostick. He shared me shared with me a glimpse into what it's like to run a major event like the Shamrock Marathon, and. I can tell you that I've not many times in my life met two harder working individuals than Jerry Frostick and Amy Frostick on race weekend. Um, most people just don't understand the complexity and the amount of work that goes into organizing a small race, let alone one that large. Mm-hmm. And they do it with a really a small staff in comparison and then a tremendous amount of support from volunteers um endeavor does races we have the uh oozle finch that we do we also now have the uh biffledink 10 by 5k and then we do some timing for some other um local races in the area as well some race directing beacon of hope um mark mandy's Mark Mandy, Mark Manny's 60K. We also time that. Um, and then we time a couple races for the Striders as well. Which, race directing, really the reason I wanted to do a race is because I just wanted someone to put on a race at Oozle Finch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, funny. I love Fort Monroe and just the name Oozle Finch. I mean, what are you doing? I ran the Oozle Finch. The Oozle what? Yeah. What's that? Um... And it came from a desire to take Endeavor a little bigger, mm-hmm. right? Um, no one, no one, no one creates a business, a full-blown business just around coaching, right? Mm-hmm. You can, but it's very difficult. 
um, because the ultimate end goal for me was to get to the point where I could take Endeavor full time so that I could, in part of that, fund and start a competitive training team for high school and college athletes who have moved out of running competitively and don't have anywhere to go, mm. honestly, so that we can keep these younger people running and so that I could do more coaching, bring on more coaches and start coaching more individuals because um, I think there's a big need for it here in the area. Mm -hmm. um, the timing and the racing is part of that plan, right? Um, the Biffledink, let's talk about that a little bit. Still one of my favorite races, too. Yeah. It's a great name. 10 by 5K, um, 5K every hour on the hour, and just a big party, honestly, right? A bunch of people For hanging out with their straight friends. hours, bro. Yeah, I think there's more people there not running than running. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just a great, and it, honestly, it's one of the things that I love in running is those type of runs. Um, John Price used to do a 50K, and he can do a 50K relay. Same thing, right? You're just running a harder pace, taking a break, running again, taking a break. Mm -hmm. I love events like that. And the training adaptations you get from it are completely over the moon, right? Um, so starting and if you if you have interest in uh, starting a race, I, I highly recommend that you reach out to a race director and and or bring them in as a consultant um, or at least ride with them and you need a great support staff right I, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the team Endeavor is not an individual I have a team of individuals that support me um, in the running and in the race and there's no way that I could do it without them mm -hmm. right um, it's uh, Steve Wyatt Amy Cash Tommy Neeson, Amanda Stover, Leanne Stavon, Cliff Blaisdell, my beautiful wife, mm -hmm. Adam Poole, um, and then I have two new coaches that I'm bringing on this year. Haven't re-announced that yet, but I'll announce it here. Um, Adam Poole and Renee Heyer are going to be new Endeavor coaches. <laughs> Whoa. We're getting so, breaking news on Forerunners podcast, dude. <laughs> this is the first breaking news we've had. Um, they're going to be a little embarrassed to announce that yet, but um, they're going to um, start taking on clients as well. And then we are going to have three or four new club coaches this year. Um, we have a program that I'm not going to release yet. More to that to come. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm kind of excited about that because um, it's more about just educating and bringing more people in right um one of the things that we do that most people don't know about was we've uh amy cash is our charity director mm -hmm. so as a club we do um we try we're we did a couple things last year we're trying to do more this year on, on the charity aspect because one of the things that i love about this community um is that it's very giving with the charities that we support and being able to invest in our community outside of running I think is something that we need to do um, and not just dollars right it's about spending time in the community and getting connected as connected to the rest of the community as we are to the running community mm -hmm. and luckily we have enough great individuals in this area who are involved in all of that um, so the more we can do on that front the better right and we can do better mm -hmm. right I'm not gonna stand here and say that we've done a lot this year but we want to do better and we can do better um, and I think everybody can to be honest with you um, what else oh race directing I really could spend about 10 hours on yeah that. I bet you could I mean it, it, it's difficult but I think the most important thing at the end of the day right honestly and truthfully which is another reason why we're doing the timing, is people show up for an accurate distance in an accurate time. Mm -hmm. um, and more of my time and investment goes into making sure that that happens first, and then everything else follows. Gotcha. And it's not easy, right? Equipment doesn't always work. 
volunteers are volunteers. Yeah. Right? There's so many things that can go sideways. You have to have plans and backup plans and secondary plans. And a lot of the times you don't even get your permits until the week of the race, yeah. which is very unnerving. Yeah. Right? Something I wasn't aware of, but I'm keenly aware of now. Um, different uh, municipalities that you got to work with. Um, it takes a lot of planning and consideration, and it's not a task that's easily undertaken, but, you know, just... I, There's part of me that really thinks if I would have truly understood the amount of work that it took, I don't know if I would have done it. <laughs> I don't know. Hey. I mean, now, I'm, I would never go back, but at the same time, it's a it was a very steep learning curve, and we were lucky enough to have a great event, and a lot of people that supported us and a lot of runners that supported us and a staff that was just top notch. I mean, yeah. they just crushed it. Mm -hmm. So having those individuals behind me makes me more confident in that realm, to be honest with you. Yeah. It really does. Um, and then having those individuals also represent endeavors and, you know, again, it's just, it's, it's about the people. Mm-hmm. Endeavor's not a person. It's a people. Yeah. And I don't... Sometimes they don't get the recognition they deserve. Yeah. Hey, they're getting it right now. <laughs> Let me ask you some personal stuff. You are in the business of helping athletes reach their goals. Um, you help them achieve the things they they hope to achieve and uh, work towards those things on a daily basis. But what the people really want to know is what your current goals are. I, I don't know if you get to share those that often. So, <laughs> this is a hard one. Yeah. Um, only because I'm an honest person. I don't like talking about me very much yeah it's probably one of the hardest things I had to do but um, it's been a very difficult year for me um, personally in running especially um, I've had some health problems I'm not gonna get into a ton of detail but people who know me um, so I ran the Erie Marathon this year DNF'd. It's a big one, right? Probably in the best shape I've ever been in in my life. I ran 900 miles in three months. Was just so over the moon confident. Went through my half marathon, well on target, ready to go. And then everything fell apart. And I had to walk five miles to the finish and the walk wasn't the hard part the hard part was the look on everybody's faces who didn't know what to say to me mm -hmm. right they either didn't say anything or you know and then the multiple tries to try and pick it up and run and and not being able to and then just the other lack of feeling of failure, right? And we've all been there. We've all had bad runs. But the frustration of just absolutely not knowing why. And this was a personal one for me. I didn't tell anybody. There was only a couple people that actually knew I was doing that race. Um, because it was personal for me. I had something to prove to myself. And the hardest thing for me this year as a runner was I didn't get the answer I was looking for, right? Um, and believe it or not, things got worse after that, not better. <laughs> um, and I still don't have a lot of answers as to what that's going to look like in the next year, mm -hmm. right, for me. Right now, I just want to get back to 40 miles a week of running, mm -hmm. right? So there was a you know a time period where I was feeling sorry for myself, right? Like everybody else does, beating myself up and doing this kind of stuff and um, stressing my wife out, my family out. Um, 
coming out and trying to support my runners and watching everybody succeeding. Because there's a phenomenon when you're hurt when you're running, other runners avoid you like the plague. And I, it's not intentional, it's not even conscious. And any runner that's been injured is probably, injured is probably shaking their head right now, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that's really the hardest thing to deal with is because it creates isolation for runners. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why it happens, it's just a weird thing. Luckily for me, as a coach, I still get to be engaged with people on that level. Um, and then, you know, people always want to ask, how's your runnings going? What's the next race you're doing? It's why this conversation right now is so difficult for me because I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what my, what my goals are going to be because I don't know if I'll be able to run another marathon again. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm just happy that I got a 12-mile run in yesterday. Yeah. Honestly, it's my first one in six months. But it's what I love about running, because if running's taught me anything, it's that um, it's hard, right? We do it because it's hard. Sometimes the success is just getting out of bed, right? That's an achievement. Um, um, two months ago, I couldn't run 12 miles. Heck, six weeks ago, I couldn't run 12 miles. I couldn't run three. Mm -hmm. um, so learning how to deal with that, adapt it, internalize it, um, so my goals this year have changed a little bit. Instead of focusing so much on what um, my goals are going to be to running, it's just to get back running, get healthy, yeah. right? Number one, yeah, get healthy. Mm -hmm. um, and then spend my time on my athletes, right? Until um, I can figure out what and uh, how. Yeah. You did... Find some success pretty recently, though, at Neptune, right? Oh, yeah. You mean the Neptune 8K? Yeah. Yeah. I I think I, I I think I slept in that day, and I looked at, like, results. I was like, oh, that's crazy. You just pulled out the, the win over there. That was a good run. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I, you, you, cannot, you have to be happy when you win. Yeah. Right? You, you, you absolutely have to walk away from that. Now... There's a lot of people that'll probably understand that. I don't know if anybody's ever completely satisfied with what they do because yeah. we always think we can do more, right? Yeah. Um, that hurt. It hurt a lot, and it hurt more than it should have, <laughs> right? I walked away from that just, wow, right? That was, I think, four or five weeks after my, my yeah. uh, marathon. What people don't know is I didn't run again for five days. <laughs> oh man, because <laughs> I was just hurt. I mean, I was just hurting. Yeah. It's bad. Mm -hmm. um, but I do know um, that if I follow what I believe in my philosophy, right, as a coach, stay healthy, stay consistent, um, which is what I have been. Everything will work out, mm -hmm. right? Um, because running never really goes anywhere. It's always there waiting for you when you're ready. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I've seen some athletes do some things that I didn't think was possible, mm -hmm. right? I've seen runners overcome some fears and doubts and insecurities that really sometimes make me feel embarrassed for feeling sorry for myself about where my running's been mm -hmm. right because I've, I've seen athletes overcome so much more and that's what keeps it all in perspective for me yeah it's a bummer I wish I was running 60-70 miles a week and running PRs who doesn't right Yeah. but at the end of the day um, running can't always in life in general can't always go your way there's yeah. ups and downs with everything that we do and running is no different and that's part of what makes me successful as a coach is understanding that, mm -hmm. right? You have to be prepared to what to do when things aren't going well so that you keep forward momentum because the only way that you can't succeed is if you quit. Yeah. Right? If you 
seems simple, right? Just don't quit. Mm-hmm. Do you have a dream race? Something that is a bucket list for you? That's a tough one. Yeah. Right? You mean a dream race that I want to run? Yeah, something that, like a, like one that you just sit, look at and go, one day I want to be there. You know, it's weird. I really I don't think I do. Yeah. And that's kind of an odd thing about me, too, is um, I think more about the training than I do the racing. Yeah. True story, though. I, I do. I think I dream more, for me, it, it's there's um, specific places I would like to run. Yeah. So yeah. if I had to put it in that perspective, not so much a race, but a place. Mm-hmm. Um, is a, a marathon in my hometown, Ogden, Utah. It's a marathon that starts up around a lake and runs down through a canyon. You know where I grew up. Yeah. It's just something in me that I, and not so much racing it, but just being able to fly down that canyon. You know, because they close the traffic and everything like that. Yeah. And just connecting with nature that way. I. I I don't race as much as a lot of people do, to be honest with you. And I love to go fast and everything. I really yeah. do. But I I love the training the most. And I think if I uh, had one big bucket race, one that's like, oh, I just want to do this more than anything, probably New York. I'm going to have to say New York would be the one. It's the one that I'm not going to do first. Because when I go to New York, I want to die on that course. Yeah. I don't want to run it for fun. I just want to go out and get crushed by it. Mm-hmm. Well, New York, I, you know I went there and ran. I didn't run the marathon, but I ran there the week before just around the city a little bit, or Central Park. That place is amazing. And they say they shut the whole city down for the it, race. Well, that's similar for me, right? I, did, I had a trip up to New York, and I got to run around the park. And that, I think that's probably what cemented that for me. Yeah. Um, that's really the only big major marathon that I'm like, I, if I do no other marathon, yeah. it'll be New York. Nice. Well, uh, back to one of the things you were saying. I feel like even if you don't hit your goal in a marathon or half marathon or whatever you're training for, you should still be really freaking proud of the training that you put in because it's so much work. I wrote it on Facebook the other day. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I said, I've decided that I'm going to be equally as proud of finishing the mileage in this training as I am going to be finishing the marathon. That brings me to a story I'd like to share. So two years ago now, is it two? Might be three. My memory's bad with time, but... Um, I'd qualified for Boston, and it was probably four to five weeks out from Boston, and me, not having a coach but myself, made some fatal training errors. Um, Really good shape. Had done John Price's 50K relay the week before. Went out to the Strider 20-miler to run with one of my athletes, Joe Telford. Um, He was using it as a workout. I wasn't even going to run the race. I was just going to go down there and run. And I got a bib. Next thing I know, I'm in the race. Mm-hmm. And me and Joe are running, and we get mixed up on the turnarounds. So we got a little bit behind some of the other leaders. Um, we were running a workout anyway, so we're cruising along. And um, it's time for him to start his workout portion. I'm like, well, I'm going to pick it up so lead you so I don't pull you along. And he says to me, he says, well... Steve Spears is up there. Do you think you can catch him? And I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that, right? So I start picking it up, and then I start thinking, can I catch him? <laughs> uh-uh. So I start dropping the pace. Another fatal mistake, right? Next thing I know, I'm probably running 603s, 605s. And I'm, there's a turnaround on the 20-miler, and I'm gauging how far before I see Steve so I can kind of guess in my head how far ahead of me is. Maybe I will catch him. I'm running when I felt great. And I'm coming, and Steve, in classic fashion, comes by me and looks at me and says, come and get me, Rob. And I'm like, no, he didn't. Come and get me, Rob. 
with this grin on his face. And I'm like, oh, dang it. I was just like, man. (laughs) And it made me feel like a... It's what I love about this community, right? Because it's not, it wasn't a rivalry thing. It's like one of those things like when you're playing tag when you're a kid and you're chasing one of your buddies and you're just giggling and he's trying to run away and you're trying to catch him. So at that point, it was on. I'm catching Steve. I can't let him throw that out there. So I um, hit the turnaround. I'm going back and everybody that I see out there is like, ah, oh, that's Steve. And I get closer. God, it's not Steve. Keep running, get closer. Oh, it's not Steve. I'm like, where is he? This is horrible, right? And I'm digging and digging and digging. And in the center of the road, out at um, the Dismal Swamp, there's these little strips, right? And they have just a little depression in them. And I stepped right in the middle of one and rolled my ankle hard to the inside. Mm. Mind you, I'm running probably six flat pace at that time, maybe a little under. And I felt it. I went, oh, that's not going to be good. It didn't hurt. I was like, that may not be good. Did I let up? No. I kept going. When I finally caught him, and he's like, oh, I knew you were going to catch me. Um, So it was a good day. I had a great run. It cost me Boston. Mm. I ended up with a post-tib strain. Mm. Six weeks out from Boston. Got to be careful when you're training for them races, y'all. At six, well, one of my best sayings is, hey, between now and the race, there's not a lot we can do to make you faster, but there's about 10 million things we can do to get you hurt. <laughs> and I broke every single one of my own rules that day. Yeah. And it cost me. It was a lot of money. Yeah. It's Boston. Still never ran Boston. Yeah. Right? And at first, I got a little bit angry. And then I remembered... That I caught Steve. Mm-hmm. I learned something very important, and I have to thank thank Steve for it because I did something catching him that I didn't know I could do. It was a twenty mile race, and without going into details, my I didn't realize how fit I was until mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. Right. It, it taught me a lot of things about the ability of what I could do in a marathon. So in the immediate, I was really kind of bummed. But I think I learned more from chasing Steve than I ever could have at Boston. Yeah. And my training was complete. I completed my cycle. Yeah. Right. I'd reached the level that I wanted to. My training was a success. And back to your point, that's what mattered in the long, you know, as you're looking down the road at what you want to do, um, you have to keep looking down the road because where you're at is not where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And, at the, and in that, I had to coach myself and say, look, yeah, we, you, you messed up. You made a mistake. You, you made a lot of really dumb mistakes that you should make. However, this training was not a failure. Right, you learned something important about yourself that you could not have learned any other way. Fact. Yeah. Okay. Um, your training was a complete success up till there. Mm-hmm. It's where I developed something in coaching, and I swear I'm going to put it on a shirt. Your training will tell you everything you know, need to know, about your ability and your fitness. The race is just so you can tell everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to know. If you're training correctly and you're training right, you're going to know exactly how how fast and how fit you are. The race is just so you can tell everybody else. Mm -hmm. And I was okay with not. Yeah. There's always another race. Mm -hmm. But you can't substitute a good training block. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind. I will. I've, I'm learning that. I might be learning that currently. No. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, let's hit this lightning round. This is a this or that. Okay. You got to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. No seeds, huh? Yeah. Maybe only. Just, just per, you. You can go with preference. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. 
Hot and cold running. Cold? Who runs in the heat? Yeah. Some Ryan I Conrad do, but, chose heat. But who likes it? <laughs> Look, group, group run, solo run. Solo. Music run? Or music or silence? Silence. Trail or road? Trail. Mm. Uphill or downhill? Down. Mm. Gel or chew? Neither. Oh, man. What do you do? I don't. Oh, man. We need to talk about that. <laughs> Morning or night? Morning. Long run or short run? Long. Garmin or apple? Garmin. Cake or pie? Cake and pie. <laughs> I chose long run. I get a cake and a pie. Oh, man. There we go. Star Trek or Star Wars? Star Wars. All right. Comedy or action? Comedy. All right, and let's see if you let's see how you do on this. We've we, we've struck. We're almost striking out here. What's your Hogwarts school? Do you not know? No. Let's give you Gryffindor. See, I was leaning towards Gryffindor, but I really think it might be Slytherin. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll let the we'll go with Gryffindor. We'll let, we'll let the people decide. I make a poll on the story. <laughs> I'd yeah. be like, is he Gryffindor? Or yeah, let's do this. I like that. Nice. Probably a better one. Let the people well, decide. I appreciate your time that you've given us today, and I'm sure this is going to be enjoyed by many. Well, let me say one thing. I want to thank you for doing this. I think what you're doing here is important, and I think it's important because um, anything that can get people to kind of understand the community, I think is great. There's so many stories here to be told. Yeah. Um, so please keep doing what you're doing. Yes. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to the Forerunners podcast. If coaching is something you're curious about, you can check out Endeavor at runendeavor.com and find a way to get in contact with them. You can also find a bunch of RRCA certified coaches within the area at rrca.org so you can shop around if that's your style. But thank you for listening. This is Danny signing off. Godspeed.